I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Allison Coney O'Brien Barrett, Esquire. It's funny. I've been looking around here tonight on Twitter and here and there on all the patches and this and that, trying to find a compelling news story. And I believe I've been mentioning to you in the last hour and a half that I was... I you had nothing. I had nothing and nothing I was interested in. And like I have this, there's the... The you know the view says that they hate Ketanji Brown because because uh, they're racist and uh, white people sit out the Chris Rock thing and like all the 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 over the top audio whatever that, that you would mm-hmm. usually get and, and Biden have having this talking about his days as a trucker with Big Mama and it's like but it's it's Biden's I'm just tired I'm just like I I've much like me and the kids just got back from from a Mexican food place, Puerto Vallarta. Where we were before. Right. It, which is in the, either Sims, is that Sims, Sims I think Ferry? it's still in Avon, no. Or Avon, I, I don't know. But it's fantastic. They did a great job. It was so good. But I'm so stuffed. I can't imagine ever eating again. Mm-hmm. And so are the kids, too. And we ate. It was just great. But, like, I can't imagine... Talking about Biden gaffes, I'm just, I'm just, I need a rest from it. You're burnt out on burnt Biden out from, gaffes. Uh, yep, burnt out from Biden gaffes. So I've been looking for anything, just a freaking palate cleanser, for something to find to talk about. And tomorrow I'll block out the show, essentially, probably the radio show with guests, including you. I got uh, Sean. What's his name? Sean is not not Macaro. The guy, the Royal Canadian Military guy. Remember okay. him? We used that. We used that. Uh, that yeah, audio. Yeah, yeah. Um, he talked about the tactics in Ukraine and everything. And exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'll 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 talk to him tomorrow, and he'll be good. He'll get people going. Um, and I'm sorry, it is Sean. Da, 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 Sean Maloney. Okay. Um, 
and then I'll have you first hour. I'll do this, what I'm about to start, and then and then I'll have you in the two p.m. hour. Mm-hmm. And so I can stay away from a lot of the things that we're talking about. Right. Um, well, you. By the way, you do a four-hour radio show and then this podcast five days a week. Uh, right. Right. So that's a lot of like. If it's a lot of Biden gaffes that week, mm-hmm. it's easy to OD on Biden gaffes because right. you spend a lot of time talking every week. And there are other things, too, that, that like there are other topics that are work to do, like talking about te- trials of ivermectin makes me have suicide thoughts because I hate it so much. Mm-hmm. Talking about I don't even like there's some things like I don't like to talk the, about the ins and outs of healthcare. Um, and what you get and what covers what and what covers what. I know it's a real human issue, but the topic itself. Yeah, because I was going to talk about that the other day, about AOC talking about how right. the ACA needs to be gotten rid of. And you were like, right. oh, it's I don't want to so, hear about deductibles. Right. And so, so it's like sometimes I'm just not I'm just not into it. Sometimes I am. But, um, you know, I'd rather talk about people and personalities and things that reveal you know really what makes people tick. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and one of the things is, you remember, and I'll say this, I think, somewhat publicly for the first time. You remember, sorry, that that core issue here, our kids playing Roblox, a uh, an addictive uh, child mind-destroying game that they're all um, into right now, like people in Jonestown. So, um, so... There was a time when Trump won the presidency, when mm-hmm. I worked at a newspaper in Boston, a tabloid newspaper, there was suddenly a lot of attention on me by a bunch of employees who who um, wanted me gone and fired because my columns, I was for my column writing, my columns were very um, conservative and mm-hmm. pro-Trump at that time. And so the people, people broke that, that right. People they who were, were fine being friends with you and you writing pro Trump stuff when it was all very funny and Trump was going to lose. Right. Right. You were the silly conservative friend, like how every sitcom has the like goofy, lovable conservative character right. who always ultimately loses. If you're that right. guy, it's no problem. But once yes. Trump wins, then there's an issue. Yeah. And, and, and um, and it was it, funny. One of the one of the one of the people was a reporter, and then a columnist as well, it, who was who she and I got along really really well for a long time, and she was so great. And and I remember one time we actually we did this. She was so she was she had actually she would have been a very talented. And she I thought she was going to launch a podcast. She would have been a very talented podcaster. And there was one time we were at South Station broadcasting, mm-hmm. like we used to do, and um, <laughs> and this this sure, her personality was so good. And uh, one time this young lady was in front of us, essentially watching our show. But really, what they were doing was looking above us because that's where the train listings were. Mm-hmm. But we felt like they were watching our show, and sometimes we tractor beam them in to be watching the show. And she saw this um, young lady, and she started saying, talking to her and saying, hey, what do you do? What do you do? And she said, uh, yeah, well, I'm into dancing and this and that. And, 
And she said, in in the, my calls, I'm saying, well, you're really attractive, Julia. Tom, she's really, don't you think she's really pretty? She was trying to, and the young lady was was pretty, but whatever. And and uh, and she and she said, no, you. She, essentially, she was saying like, you find an old guy like Tom still good looking, right? Oh, by the way, I told you I got hit on tonight, right? You did, Tom. Sally, that, you yeah. remember that the the blonde woman sitting at the restaurant said I look like Jim Gaffigan. No. James, you remember? Anson. Oh wow! Oh, do you wow. remember the blonde woman saying, just "Oh my God, you, should, you look just like Jim Gaffigan"? When we just walked into the <laughs> restaurant. Yes, thank you, Anson. Anyway, she, who's she, Jim Gaffigan? He's a comedian. He's a somewhat rotund comedian. So I was pleased because he's thinner than me. <laughs> um, but anyway, she was sitting alone in a booth um, um, on the phone and drinking. She said, "Oh my God, can I tell you?" You look just like Jim Gaffigan. I think she had a couple of beers, and um, and I said, "Oh, wow, I'll take it." That's what she said. Oh, you with the four kids too? Oh, my God! And Cyril was right behind us. Of course, he was unable to speak as a witness. <laughs> she said, "So cute," and he was just looking at her and whatever. And so, me, me, and Sally went ahead to the that's right. You went ahead to the table. Okay, so they missed it. Right, but you did see our waiter saw her walking out, and she was a little bit tipsy. But so, so. So there you go. So I was hit on by, and she was attractive. So let the record show. How old? I would say in the late mid to the late thirties. I would say okay. so old. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, that brings me back to the day at South Station, and this this uh, lady in front of us was um, my the woman co-host was really enamored with how beautiful she was. So she was talking about stuff and style that she likes and this and that, etc. And trying to use me, saying, trying to essentially make a joke, saying, "Oh, oh, you'd be interested in older, like puffier men, like Tom, right?" Et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, she's just using it to embarrass me, right? Mm-hmm. To embarrass me. And she said she was saying stuff like, "You know, she's really um, Tom. Is is that your type?" And I said, "Well, I'm I, obviously I'm not gonna get pulled into this, right?" But, but uh, so anyway, this this woman this columnist she was really cool but she was really just showing a sick sense of humor to to try to to try to embarrass me by getting a woman a younger woman to really try to be nice and merciful but whatever she was just trying to embarrass me using this plant mm-hmm. and 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 she said anyway she used me and as it turns out she said she said, "Oh, Tom. So, what are you?" And then I was probably like forty-two, whatever, forty-three. And then she said, uh, "The person, the columnist said to, oh, and you know, Linda, whatever, Celia, whatever. She probably had an interesting name." She said, "Okay, so Tom's forty-three or whatever." She said, "How old are you?" And the girl said, 15. <gasps> and so, oh right. <laughs> so it was it stood out for me just specifically because. This was this person next to me was so twisted and cool that she was. You wouldn't have known this person was fifteen, but but the fact that she'd even roll the dice just in <laughs> case. But she had a great sense of humor. She was so funny. She was a badass. She was a badass. Um, you know who I mean, right? Do you know you would? Did you know her to look to look at her? I think so. Yeah. She. I mean, she was just a smart person. So anyway, so this is the long way. Um. Here's a long way around. Um, 
what happened. So, so then Trump, uh, uh, tr- the the tapes of Billy Bush come out, mm-hmm. and this woman, this columnist, and her husband. I said I was like thinking aloud. Okay, so what happens now? Does Pence take over? Does this whatever? And in my mind, I was like, okay, this might be good because I didn't think Trump, Trump would win at that point. Right. I'm like, it's really can he after he can't win with this tape? And so I was like ruminating aloud about Pence, and this she started attacking me as being a racist or or not, not a racist. No, sorry, as as in, as. Uh, you know, uh, propping up uh, Pence, who was equally as evil with his anti-gay stuff, and for my support for Trump and this, and her husband was doing it too, and I, this is weird and kind of unprofessional that I'm being personally attacked by two people, I, well, one person I work with and her husband, mm-hmm. and which and I had never done anything offensive to them right. at all. So, so later on, a year later after Trump is elected or however long it was. You remember there's the free speech march in Boston, which is going to be hosted by Gavin McGinnis. Mm-hmm. So the free speech march, the left and then Marty Walsh, Mayor Marty Walsh, decides that if it's a free speech march, it's actually a white supremacist march. Was this right after Charlottesville? I think is it that was. Why? Okay. I think it was. Right. I think it was. It may not. I think it was. That's what I recall. It does seem kind of later, but so. So they decide that it's a white supremacist march that's mm-hmm. happening, and it's actually, it's um, it's it's no, it's not march. It was just a free speech thing. Yeah, and, and I I'm think like, and I had, I had Shiva was there. Oh, maybe. yeah, sure. And so, I had been familiar with um, Gavin McGinnis from the Joe Rogan show. I'd heard him a few times, et cetera. And it's being condemned, and they're saying it's all it's all racist, racist, racist. And they called the Massachusetts chapter of the Ku Klux Klan. And said, are you going to be there? And, like, the dude, like, Al Fisk, like, answered and said, I, yeah, we'll be there. We'll have a presence. And, like, there's no clan in Massachusetts. No. So, anyway. Not the clan like there was right. in the no. South in the right. 60s. So, I decided. So a different I, animal. So, then I decided to, um, to, um, to reach out to Gavin McInnes and see if he'd be on the radio show that I did for the paper. Mm-hmm. And he was really cool. And he came on and talked about it. He said, as a matter of fact, since they're, they're turning this whole thing into a thing on racism, we're not going to show up. And we're no, me and the Proud Boys aren't going to show up because he ran the Proud Boys at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we're not going to show up because they're calling us racist. And I know what they're going to make. They're going to call us and make us into a race thing. And I'm not going to do it, whatever. And so that I broke news. It broke on the Herald Radio that the free speech parade, the, the organizers had bailed. And so there was good. That was a good day. And and McGinnis was good, to, nice to talk to. So, so then, you know, he came from he came from this this um, conservative group in Canada, much which essentially was responsible for some of the trucker stuff. And they did all sorts of reverence stuff. The guy, the founder of it, was a Jewish guy, but they would always do like kind of trolly, not anti-Semitic stuff, but. They weren't afraid to cross lines with the humor. It was it was like shock jock radio kind of humor. And Gavin McGinnis and, and had uh, been working with uh, um, Anthony Cumia, Vopi and Anthony, whatever. Mm-hmm. And people knew who's. So anyway, that happens. Everything's fine. It's a good day. Pat on the back, attaboy, Tom. We broke news and we used it on the paper. And it's fine. So, and the Proud Boys at this time was an, a group of people that Gavin McGinnis put together who would go out drinking together. 
And then, since he was a conservative and a big-profile Twitter guy, they would find Antifa people and they would fight, or lefty terrorists and they would fight. So the drunken Proud Boys would fight the, the violent Antifa and, and pretty much offset, right? So then I get a um, contacted by somebody at the paper mm-hmm. in management, an upper management, who says, Tom, I just think that you should know what's happening here. And that person, that columnist, who had been my friend, she was cool, had resigned and essentially demanded that I be fired for having a Nazi on and Gavin McGinnis. So she resigned out of out of protest of me, which is a powerful thing to do. You know, she is a woman who had been there longer than I, resigning because of me. And that kind of thing could get mm-hmm. out and be a thing, you know? Right. So that was her attempt to try to just take me out. Already the uh, union people didn't like me for because for several reasons, but so so there you go, and that was my my little foray into uh, the Proud Boys, Gavin McGinnis, and people in the workplace who wanted to to wax you as they spent their time. And by the way, as the union spent their time focusing in on why Tom Shattuck needs to be fired. And, of course, management thought, this is great. <laughs> All the other stuff we'll take care of. They just keep on going after Tom. But they were great, and the, the, the management was great. So, so, which brings us to this week. Okay. Have you seen – Have is this one of my longer <laughs> lead-ups to something that's going to be a letdown? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Okay. I'm here with you. Which brings me to – and remember, the Proud Boys thing, it's I feel like a Hispanic black guy who runs it now. There are black people and colored people in it. They're Nazi. They're not. not they're, they're white. So I don't know because so, so many people are called white supremacists all the time and racist that I don't know who is anymore. And I don't really, I'm not really taking anybody's name for it anymore. So here's the news. Dave, are you sick, by the way? You yeah. You coming down with something? Oh, no. I either, either It's either allergies or, or a cold. Okay. But... So, let's see, make sure I have this open somewhere where it is. Okay. Here's the news. Dateline, Enfield, Connecticut. Just mile, a few miles from here, Alice. Okay. Connecticut Soup Kitchen rejects large Proud Boys donation. An Enfield Soup Kitchen rejected 855 pounds of food donated by the Connecticut chapter of Proud Boys, an organization described alternately as a men's club by its founder and a hate group by... The ACLU? No. What group would you take... Uh, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Exactly. Law exactly. Which is a disreputable organization, which is a garbage organization. Mm-hmm. A volunteer at Enfield Loaves and Fishes who was not familiar with the soup kitchen's policies initially accepted the donation on March 27th, uh, but then they were informed that the Proud Boys uh, were doing it and that they should reclaim the gift. Matthew cited the soup kitchen's policy on donations, which is based in part on whether acceptance compromises the organization's core values. And so they said, uh, thanks, but no thanks. And our Enfield Loaves and Fishes acts in accordance with our other nonprofit entities in our communities, etc. So a group for the Proud Boys said this is unfortunate because we believe in the group and we we want to help, etc., etc. Yada yada yada. Um, Proud 
Proud Boys um, will continue our course of action. You know, the Proud Boys actions. Um, the Southern Poverty Law Center lists the Proud Boys. And this is an extreme right hate group. Yank, yank. The Proud Boys actions belie their dis- disavowals of bigotry. A description on the center's website says, Rank and file Proud Boys leaders regularly spout white nationalist memes. Regularly spout white nationalist memes. Wait, is spout the right verb for memes? Does one spout memes? It's almost as if the Southern Poverty Law Center doesn't know what they're talking about. But they spout white nationalist memes and maintain affiliations with known extremists. It's funny how that works, right? Like, how do you know they're white nationalists? Well, they maintain relationships with known extremists. Like who? And then you go to that one and, well, they maintain relationships with known extremists like the Proud Boys, right? It's all like there's never any there there ultimately when you dig down into it. And uh, honestly, I don't know because I haven't looked into it that closely. Like, I don't really care who's in the Proud Boys and who's not because it doesn't really interest me that much to, like, dig into the Proud Boys. But mm-hmm. but I don't think they're really a white nationalist organization. Right. Okay, so let me go back to this. This is mm-hmm. plays right in. The Proud Boys emerged in 2016 as supporters of President Donald Trump. Members of the, among those arrested after storming of the US members were arrested after storming the US Capitol last year. The group has since shifted focus to regional chapters where members have taken on local issues and causes, including mask mandates and mandatory vaccine policies. Gavin McGinnis, who's no longer affiliated with him. Those a, don't sound like white nationalist policies well, to pursue. Hold on. Gavin McGinnis, a co-founder of Vice Magazine, founded the group. I didn't know he was a co-founder of Vice. Yeah, I did. It changed a lot after he I left. I can imagine. <laughs> now, here we go. This is the SPLC again. McGinnis plays a duplicitous rhetorical game, claiming to reject white nationalism while espousing a laundered version of popular white nationalist tropes. According to the SPLC. Not tropes. I don't even know. I wouldn't even know how I'd, to identify one. Espousing a laundered version. Espousing a laundered version. So it's not going to look like your normal one. It's It's been processed fraudulently of popular white national. How many popular white nationalist tropes do you know? Um. I don't even know. First of all, am I sure what a trope is? Is that like a... It, <laughs> really? No, you can't have the TV can't on. Can't have the TV Please on right now, buddy. Turn it off. Um, isn't isn't a trope like a, a false uh, narrative or ditty that somebody says about something? A trope is. Um, can you please turn off the TV? We're recording right now. Thank you. So a much. trope isn't even necessarily a false thing. A trope is like a commonly repeated narrative or or like rhetorical device or whatever. You know, like. You would say that, like the prince rescuing the princess is a trope, right? Okay. Right, because it's like a commonly repeated theme of a fairy tale, and, or you would say that like it's a trope that, you know, Democrats want to raise taxes, right? It's it's a sort of like a stereotype or a whatever. It's a. The Connecticut-based Proud Boys, mm-hmm. Proud Proud Boys CT dot com listed listed their tenets as. Minimal government, maximum freedom, anti-political correctness, closed borders, anti-racial guilt, anti-racism, pro-free speech, pro-guns rights, glorifying the entrepreneur, venerating the housewife, and reinstating a spirit of Western chauvinism. I believe they also showed solidarity with Black Lives Matter when all that stuff happened. 
The group's website includes an invitation to apply for membership with questions that include, do you understand we are not a white nationalist organization and we will not tolerate white nationalists in our organization? Huh. <laughs> it seems like not what you would put on your application. It, it, right. It seems like rather poor gatekeeping it, it, when you're looking to enlist white nationalists. It seems like that might scare them right away. Also, I also think, and I know I, I know a bunch of these social justice types always assume everything's a dog whistle. Mm-hmm. The Proud Boys gets in loud, overt street fights where dudes go to the hospital. It's like, will you think they're afraid to say if they're really white nationalists? Well, yeah, there are a few extremely small white nationalist groups in the United States. Sure. And they tell you that they're white nationalists. There's like Identity Europa and some of these other ones that are like, I mean, they they tell you they want to like preserve the white race and stuff. That's their thing. Right, like, right. That's If you're a white nationalist group, you say you're a white nationalist group. And you also have the right to be a white nationalist group in America, by the sure. way, as long as you're not hurting anybody. But rightfully, people don't really want to be affiliated with you if you're a white nationalist right. group. But that being said, like the... Proud Boys specifically don't make the claim, and and they they reiterate over and over that they're n- not racist and they're not in favor of white nationalism. And they, I, I believe, when Gavin McGinnis was in charge of the organization, he successfully sued several news organizations for calling him a white nationalist, right? Because there was no evidence of it. It's really, um, it's it's really like odd, and it really. Without endorsing every single person who's in the Proud Boys necessarily, because I think they're kind of an eclectic bunch. Um, it's really interesting how hard the left has gone at them to make sure we all know that they're untouchables and they're white nationalists and they're really, truly the real kind of Nazis. Even though the the real kind of Nazi, the kind of Nazis that were in Germany in 1945 no longer exist. There, there aren't any in the United States in right. 2022 they just don't exist there are some people who want to like larp as them who are idiots and racists and whatever and the, they exist but they're they're extremely small in number and the left has a problem where they need to conflate those people with a bunch of other people who want nothing to do with them at all right right and 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 it's it's you're right. When you say, like, I can't trust them anymore at all, like, it just makes it impossible to believe anything that they say because there's no fire under all the smoke when they keep telling you that there's white nationalists hidden behind every bush. You just can't find them. Right. These people aren't out there. Right. But I think, well, we know why. I mean, we know why. But here's the, here's the second part of this. Mm-hmm. You're in the soup kitchen business. Just take the goddamn food. Just take the food. For God's sakes, you need it. People are dying, okay? Just take the food. You can't yeah, food's pretty expensive right now, if I recall. Correctly. Right. You got you can't read the hearts of every donor. Just because the the left smears people? My goodness. I mean, what would they say if I if anybody bothered to report on it if I died of COVID tomorrow? What would they They would say you were an anti-vaxxer. Right. And I had criticisms, <laughs> and I used uh, dangerous tropes. So I had it coming, is what they'd say. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people have no no credibility. And that's why, like, that's why 
if I hear from a certain group or certain media or certain people, as a matter of fact, that, oh, uh, Bill Smith is a racist, I immediately think it's it's very likely that Bill Smith is not a racist. So in my mind, a lot of times I'll say, for instance, if Maddow says somebody is racist, I'll say, you know what? On my believe this person is a racist meter, if everybody starts off at zero, this person is a negative one. I believe there's less chance that they're racist if she tells me they are. Because you can't trust people, and, and which actually, which brings me to like the Ukraine stuff about all the massacres, etc. And one side, it's the Russians are killing everybody. Look at the satellite pictures. The other side, oh no, we found that uh, the Azov group is actually killing people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there okay. were a bunch of videos floating around of right people shooting prisoners right. of war in the kneecaps to ensure that they couldn't go back to the war, which was it, that part of it was almost less disturbing because you don't even know if that's real or not compared to all the people in the Twitter replies saying they had it coming and they deserved it and that's a totally fine way to treat prisoners of war if it's the Ukrainians doing it. Like, American people saying that that's great. Which, right. you know, but but yeah, like you say, it's like, it, you have people saying such disparate things, it's hard to know how to even parse the information because these people that I don't trust at all are telling me this. Yes, they're the same people. Yes. Somebody wrote hiss? <laughs> Where did they write hiss? <laughs> Where did somebody write hiss? On the sink? Yeah. Oh. Maybe it was Alger hiss. <laughs> Are we missing one child? Sally's not here. Where doesn't she live here? <laughs> I assume she's here somewhere. Oh. Oh, probably. Probably a weirdo. You're but yeah, weird. and so like like these media organizations, it's very tough, and it's not like I it simply cannot trust, especially after the last five years. I, I cannot trust, and the the the, the media's in curiosity about so much. I I can't trust. I, 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 I there's, and I didn't do it. You know, it wasn't me. But I'm seeing now, in a lot of these reporters now, I'm older than a lot of these reporters, and I can see them just making stuff up, and I can see that they're... Like, Olivia Nuzzi is a hack, a fraud. This idiot who's getting... Who, who's... No. Who feels... Uh, Taylor Lorenz. Oh, she's a psycho. It's like... This is not... This is... Somebody wrote on Twitter the other day, it seems like it, with all of the institutionalization we did in the last like two decades, that all of those people are instead have gone into media. And I think there's something to that. These people are just unstable. They, they're just unstable. And they're, I mean, they, they're unstable, but in the, in the, in the way you'd want to be, you're unstable, but you wear a nice suit and nice clothes. And lots of people get to look at your handsome or pretty face and Mm -hmm. so we think oh see this is where it should be this should feel right this should feel good but these people are psychotic psychotic and i'm sorry i'm gonna say another thing like when these cupcakes go to cnn and get a gig these women and have like two kids uh oakley and uh in finley Mm -hmm. and then like go right back to the job i'm like what are you what part of the 
of this weird pageant that you're involved in is anything more than attention seeking. Like these people don't have to go back and go back into the these jobs. Oh, no, they don't. I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> Stop screaming, dude. But no, but I think there's something I think there's something similar to like the West Wing phenomenon of like all the Gen Saki people mm-hmm. where they came up on this idea of it being like very cool to be in politics or be in media and like and where we sort of I think, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe this was like this before, but I really think sort of, I suppose if, if Jen Psaki is like the West Wing generation of like political hacks, then I think like all these news cupcakes, everybody are coming of age in like the Jon Stewart Mm. uh, generation of news media. Like you mentioned Jon Stewart the other way, uh, the other day, and I think that it's almost impossible to... Um, to estimate how much, how great an impact he had on Generation Y, which like a lot of these news people are, are really older millennials, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like because the oldest millennials are now like hitting forty, right? So it's mostly people like in their thirties that's older millennials, right? And and this is a generation where John Stewart and that like ilk had a tremendous impact on the culture of media consumption. The idea that it was, and I think it's related to the West Wing phenomenon. Like I say, this is an era where it became cool kind of amongst a certain set to be into politics and to know about politics and to know what was going on in the world. Knowing about the news enough to like get Jon Stewart mm. became cool in a sort of way. And a lot of people like that I went to high school with, that was like the only place they got news. Yeah. Was, was The Daily Show, right? And... And this, like, group of people made it cool to be into, like, news media and the news. And, like, a lot of these people either went into politics and became, like, the Pod Save America bros. Or they think those people are really cool. Or they went into media. Some of them are comedy writers. There, A lot of them are writers at, like, the Washington Post or at NPR or places like that. I mean, like, a lot of people I went to high school with. And they, they feel, I'm sure, Taylor Lawrence, like, The Daily Show and all those things, you know. And she prides herself on, like, being very online, very in on the joke, very informed, right? That was, like, her whole conceit is that she was, like, a reporter on the internet. That she came of age in the Tumblr years and knew where all the memes came from because she saw them first right that's how she got into this business and I think that a lot of these like 30 something millennial reporters and talking heads and people you know they they want to be in this cool set right and and there's there's sprung up like this weird subculture around it like the people who call the White House correspondence dinner nerd prom Mm -hmm. that wasn't a thing when you were younger was it Calling it nerd prom? Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think it was a thing. Like, but oh, they we're had the, the smart kids, and this is our event, nerd prom. This is our night. We're the smart people who really run the world. Like, right? That's how they view themselves. They see themselves as smarter than the rest of us. That's why they call it nerd prom, huh. right? Like, oh, now finally us, like 
us brainy kids get our night, you know, that was like the idea of that whole joke, right? They call it nerd prom. They're, it's the same like of the West Wing thing of wanting to be the smartest, fastest talking person in the room who knows what's going on. And in, that's that attitude and that culture and the blending of news and entertainment and the blending of reporting with wanting to be a famous person just to be a famous person has really resulted in this like news and media culture that we see now. All these people want to be somebody and they create like weird idols out of it. We have Steve Kornacki raffling off his pants that he wore when he was doing the election board and everybody's like talking about like he's, in his defense I like him in actually. his defense he didn't build the Kornacki legend other people around him yeah did. but that's the culture of this but, media culture by the way is to build the, the way, legend around him the I way, think he's Alice, very good actually by the way had at the end of the day Trump won in 2020 there would be no pants raffling <laughs> remember that ended <laughs> well that ended with a good guy winning so that was safe uh if Kornacki went and said, no, we've done the numbers. It looks like um, Trump's got it. He doesn't get to that. Well, right. But, they, but Kornacki like is, this, a, is, a, is a standout. He's a different guy. He's he does a, a really good job. But yes. there is a thirst amongst the type of people who obsessively watch CNN election results to turn every aspect of it into keeping up with the Kardashians and, like, and, and turn it into the, its own pop culture universe. Like, everything has to be the Avengers. And, and I think that it's related to the, the phenomenon of, like, having AOC or RGB action figures, too. Right? Like, we're only a few steps away from having, like, a Jake Tapper action figure or a Rachel... I'm probably... There probably are Rachel Maddow action figures. I don't even want to know if there are or not. But, you know, th I think that's out there. And, and it's not that it doesn't exist on the right, too. Like, I obviously, people love Tucker Carlson and he gets pushed to run for president all the time. I, I don't think he wants that. No. But I don't, I don't know he, who would. I think but. he's got a healthy disdain for all that stuff. But um, but I think that, you know, this idea of politics and political media being a celebrity culture and all these people having books out, Jim Acosta having a book out and trying to make himself a celebrity at press briefings. Like it just goes on and on. It's infected every aspect of how oh, we yeah. understand and, and, politics. And the Acosta template, I mean that's the easiest go to, especially when you've got a loud and pugnacious president, is the truth to power guy. Yeah. Get another shot, two shot of me doing truth to power again where Trump yells at me and I say, Sir and I mean, that Remember is... Remember him, like, fighting the assistant for the oh, microphone? Yeah. It's so pathetic. It's terrible. Oh. But, yeah, no, we we have the worst political culture. It's We've turned it into a culture of sports teams, you know? And, like, I know that metaphor gets used a lot for politics, that, that people just are rooting for their team to win and they don't even care. But, but I think it's a very apt metaphor and it explains a lot of why people act the way they do around politics, right? And, you know, I think that they want to view the news media as, like, cheerleaders on the side of you know, their hometown team, which is what they view the Democrats as, like a lot of these coastal type of people. So, I don't know, but it's truly just nauseating and is it's so exhausting the whole the whole thing of it and you know right wing people do it too peter Ducey's always trying to get the questions in with jen saki and i think there's a huge difference well 
There's a huge difference. Because he's making real points, generally. Yeah, generally he's making real points. He's asking tough questions. Now, there's no doubt the questions are a have contain a trap door. But Saki mm-hmm. knows that. They're smart enough. She's she's yeah. seasoned enough to see it. and mm-hmm. but, but he is trying to, you know, he's going to have a minute and 30 seconds of her. He is trying to have her make the mistake of exposing the truth right. a little bit. And the left, by the way, is cheerleading for that, too. Just like, I mean, the right was cheerleading when Trump was president for him to dunk on Acosta every day. They were thrilled when he attacked CNN in his rallies and whatever else. Like, it's a cheerleading fan culture. But but I mean, like, I, I don't know, because I wasn't alive back then. But do you recall this level of fandom and celebrity culture surrounding White House press secretaries like in the 90s? No. Uh, <laughs> although you you got to think that um, that Sorkin got it from somewhere, but he probably he was probably a comms guy. Did he work in a White I have House? No clue. Um no. No. I mean, you, the, uh, the in the 60s was Bill Moyers, who was LBJ's guy. Who did become a star? Pat Buchanan was Nixon's guy, who became uh, a star. Uh, um, but no, Clinton had Dee Dee Myers, I think. But not like this hanging on their every word. And but no. they did see the Clinton administration. People like um, Sorkin, who a good boomer like mm-hmm. Sorkin, sees the Clinton administration, and they thought finally, our generation has arrived. <laughs> and look how weird! Look how. We're not like the Nixon people, stodgy and old. We're young and brash and running fast down the hall, and we're we're different. There was mm-hmm. definitely, definitely that. I mean, the Clinton administration with young George Stephanopoulos and, you yeah. know, all these young So do you people. think that we're ever going to have a Gen X president, or do you think we're going to skip straight from boomers, and Biden's actually silent generation, to millennial presidents? Well, I mean, Beto's running for governor, so he's not going to be Pete eligible. is in the mix. He's a millennial. AOC is certainly... Pete's not in the mix, Alice, for reasons we can't go in here, lest the SPLC... <laughs> By the way, the SPLC, uh, as far as Antifa, Alice, mm-hmm. what do you think their stance is on that? Not a hate organization. Not only that, but the SPLC says, designating Antifa as domestic terrorist organization is dangerous, threatens civil liberties. Oh. There you go. So, uh, a Gen Xer who could be president, DeSantis... Is he a Gen Xer? He's in his mid forties. Mm, are you sure he's not an older millennial? Mm, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's a Gen Xer. That's true. Let me see. Um, Desantis age. Okay, he's forty three. So oh, yes. maybe he, he's so seventy eight. So seventy eight. So he is. Um, that is a, a, a young Gen Xer, though, I think. Right. So, and, and it spent at least... Usually they put the cutoff spent around Spent at like least 15 years without ever seeing the internet, mm-hmm. which really should be where the cutoff is, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I I don't know, because it's seeming to me more like Trump could actually have a chance again. The longer they keep him off Twitter, <laughs> the better his chances look, frankly, because... That is more damaging to him than anything else. September 14th, Ron DeSantis' birthday. Yeah, uh, the Trump thing, I, I don't know. I guess he could. Or I prefer DeSantis, certainly. 
Um, I, no, I'd prefer DeSantis. I don't want Trump to do it. You give me a Democrat or Trump, though, you know, then whatever. I'm going in. That's yeah. it. That's it. Anyway. All right, that's our last show from Connecticut. Uh, Alice, it is. Shannon, unless you count, I'm going to pop on to TIC tomorrow. WTIC, uh, AM 1080, a clear channel station, by the way. I didn't even know that. Janine told me, who's the program wow. director. That's huge, dude. There's not so many clear channel stations. That means there's only one 1080 in the country. So a clear channel station, and, and Alice is set to be with us tomorrow at 2 Prime Meridian on Terrestrial Radio, which will be, I believe, your first time. Not as a caller, but as a yeah, guest. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm a long-time talk radio caller. But certainly, I. Uh, yeah, I think it will be my first time as a guest and my first time... No, I've called into AM radio before, actually, a couple Have times. Have you really? Yeah, I called into Howie and into oh. John Featherston's show, actually, which oh, I believe very is cool. an AM show as well, wasn't it? I think oh, it in is. Worcester. Yes, yeah, CRN, was he, is that where he was? Uh, I forget, but I called I into think so. his Worcester show, or wherever that is, yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Join us tomorrow on TIC. Call in, say hi. Um, you can always find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. We're at facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. Or you can email us, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. You can head to burnbarrelpodcast.com and see all the places you can watch and listen, which for the moment does not include YouTube. We are suspended again, but you can find us on Rumble Video and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.